Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Blue Lion. It's exciting to win money. Back out to Allen. History final. Is there anything you don't gamble on? Uh, not really. Gambling gods, fickle butt. Oh yeah, so easily offended. Gambling's not your problem. You're just an idiot. And we welcome you in to Full Slate, a Blue Wire gambling podcast. My name is Greg Frank. You can find me and all of my gambling picks on Gambling Twitter at Undercover Greg. NFL Divisional Weekend. We're going to run through all four games in the playoff rotation this week. Alex Uplinger joining me. He is our podcast producer and our football co-host here every week. Find him at Alex underscore up seven and managing our podcast Twitter at full underscore slate underscore pod. Alex, just a few more left. How are we doing? I'm doing great. Only a couple games left, but we also have hockey starting up and college basketball in full swing. There's a lot on TV. I love the the midweek action with college hoops and NHL. It's really nice to see. Yeah, no, you're right about that. It's definitely nice to have some more sports going. And the NHL is underway, and the NBA has been going for about a month now. Um, and college basketball, obviously, is, uh, you know, post-Super Bowl, college basketball will take center stage. So um, we certainly have a lot of reasons to be excited. And, uh, you know, hopefully we just uh, keep going here and, and, and COVID can't uh, get in our way. Yeah, that shows you how little I enjoy the NBA. I didn't even mention it. I honestly didn't even I'll, think about I'll it. I, you. I mean, it's honestly, just I, the regular I'm not, season. I'm betting it, but just for me, I mean, gosh, Alex, like, 
you know, I, I thought about this when the, especially with the NHL starting this week with 56 games, and especially with the way the NHL is aligned its season, where we have all these divisions and like you're only playing in your division, so you have all these rivalry matchups going on all season, and it's like a baseball schedule where you have you know two or three game sets all in the same rink before you go back. Like I thought about this, and I was like, you know, obviously COVID has hit us all in a lot of negative ways, but I thought with the sports world, we'd see some things that were different. And, you know, who's to say they wouldn't be long-term sticking points or, or, or things that we could look at. If somebody told you that the NBA or the NHL was going to, you know, go from eight, not even 56, but like the NBA is playing 72, let's say they went like 65 games, full-time regular seasons. Like would anybody really be annoyed? <laughs> I don't think so. Maybe other than the owners that are losing the extra, yeah, game. the money they're they're already losing the the money from no revenue. But I'm just talking from sales. a fan's perspective. Like, no, I would love it. I I actually love what the NHL is doing. I love this back to back spots. I feel like penalties. I was talking to my buddy. I think penalties might be up. Just the fact that these back to back games exactly you're going to see way more physicality on that second game seeing a team right. you usually don't see a team there's actual back to back spots and then there's some that are two games in 3 days there's just going to be way more physicality if anything happens in that first game you know there's going to be retribution in that second right. you see them in the same them stadium 8 hours later exactly I think it's – I love it. I think it's going to be a lot of fun in the NHL. Kind of like mini playoff series in the regular season. Yeah, exactly. I think yeah. it's going to be really no, fun No, I think to watch. it's great too. And, 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 I mean, again, like, is anybody really – like, the NBA going from 82 to 72? Like, is anybody really going to be like, ah, oh, like, those 10 games, I would have loved to have had them. <laughs> no. How, is there any sport that the regular season means less right. than the NBA? Right. And, and literally, and the the NBA teams are telling you how less it means when they're like, "Oh, Kawhi Leonard rest," you know, on the back to back. Yeah, it's it's honestly it's tough to watch. I now I rarely watch the NBA now. I will say this: while we're on this topic of just COVID and the impact on sports, sixty games in baseball is ridiculous. That should never happen again. No, that's. That's way too few. If you just yeah, look at the... wanted to go to like 135 or 140, that I wouldn't bet an eye at, but 60 was just a mockery. Well, if you just look to the, the Nationals World Series run, I think, I'm pretty sure they were 19 and 31. Yeah, so there you go, 60 games, and they don't, they, they don't even sniff the playoffs. It is funny, though, Alex, while we're on this conversation... And we'll see if this does lend itself to the NFL, even though the NFL kind of feels the most normal, playing 16 games and even adding a playoff team to each conference. We've seen the COVID champions in sports be betting favorites really across the board. Lakers, Alabama, Dodgers, Lightning. You know, maybe that trend continues here with Kansas City. I was just going to say, I think it does continue. Isn't that interesting how – in these shortened seasons. You know, people talking about asterisks and, you know, yeah, I'll never. fake seasons, and yet the teams that were the favorites and we would pick all chalk. season <laughs> are winning. Yeah. Weren't the Dodgers outright favorites? I think they were the preseason favorite. Yeah, I think they were too. So, 
curious and to see if that continues. And now let's get into it. We have four games to break down in the National Football League divisional weekend. Uh, Alex, let's. I'll just ask you this before we get into the games. This was longly, you know, for a while considered the best weekend in football because we didn't have the extra wild card weekends. Do you think that we're still going to look at divisional weekend, the quarterfinals, so to speak, in the NFL as as the best? weekend in football or, or like how do you think we'll we'll weigh the the playoffs and you know what is the best week of the playoffs that's tough I, I love divisional weekend but that was so fun just having three games on having three and each three. day yeah. yeah how good was that I feel like we're a little spoiled now now we're down to two and two it'll be fun I don't love these matchups as much that might be me talking as a Stewart fan. I think the Browns would get fucking blown out. <laughs> you I wanted think. your rematch against Buffalo, didn't you? I did. I think that would be more compelling. And then I think Baltimore. And then Baltimore would have gone to Kansas City. City been, right. Yeah, I think that would have been a lot more fun too. I'm yeah. also just kind of salty because I don't think the Rams have any shot this week, so it's not going to be all that Can exciting. I ask you, like, as a Steeler fan, you know, we, we, we already saw before the Steelers lost, like Dabo was running his mouth in college football, and that certainly didn't help Clemson against Ohio State. Does it rub you the wrong way seeing Juju and Claypool, like, talk out of their ass, or do you not really care and it's just perform or don't? And obviously in this week it was more don't. Honestly, I don't. These are young guys. Just they're having fun. Talk shit. I really don't care about that sort of thing. Like, bolt, I don't believe in bulletin board material. Okay. Obviously, it came to fruition when you have Juju talking shit and then you get fucking smashed, but I don't think that has much effect. You, I don't think Juju talking has all pro center Mike Pouncey snapping the ball into the end zone. I also don't think, <laughs> I don't yeah. think Juju has Tomlin punting the ball from the Browns' 40-some yard line, yeah, like hoping the defense like the gets a stop. Either, yeah. With all the momentum in the world, yeah, right. I don't think Juju had any effect in any <laughs> of that. But sure, bulletin board material, if you want to say that, jinx or whatever. What it, yeah. So let's get to it. Divisional weekend in the National Football League. Two games on Saturday, two games on Sunday to break down. And let's go to America's Dairyland to get us started. And that is, of course, Wisconsin, where the Green Bay Packers at Lambeau Field are a six and a half point favorite against the Los Angeles Rams, a total in this game of 45 and a half. And Alex, I must start by saying this is going to be square. I do like the Green Bay side. And I was concerned. I, I, I booked this bad number. Fortunately, it hasn't moved any further because if it did, it would concern me even more. I booked it at seven when it opened with Green Bay. And we're, we've seen six and a halves across the board at pretty much every book most of the week. So I was definitely concerned seeing that hook go the other way. I was expecting more, you know, the Green Bay tickets to drive this number up. And obviously, we are seeing the majority of the action on Green Bay nonetheless, but the market's still sitting at six and a half. Before I get into why I like Green Bay, are you with me that, like, if there is a little bit of a concern, it is just that, you know, clearly, you know, maybe it's just pros with the power rating saying seven was too much and just taking the key number. That's the only explanation I can think of for the early Rams money. Yeah, that's exactly it. I'm seeing 
60% of bets coming in on Green Bay, and this number has ticked down to six and a half, like you said. That's a little worrisome, but I also I just think Green Bay is going to win by double digits, so I'm not that concerned. I took seven, and I have six and a half, and I have them in a teaser with Alabama, which already hit. So I, I think Green Bay wins this pretty convincingly, but it is a little concerning to be on the opposite side of all the professionals, but I also think they just they love Pick off numbers. They love the number. Yeah, they don't care about the team. They just take that touchdown favorite. Their model tells them underdog. it should be five, and so they take plus seven. Exactly. They see the value on the road dog, but I think it's a little different than that. Yeah, I mean, I saw a stat that I thought was kind of interesting. Since in his tenure as Green Bay Packers starting quarterback, when the line has moved against Aaron Rodgers, he is 60-37-4 against the spread. So clearly, uh, you know, that has lent itself towards, you know, a little bit of a market overreaction sometimes, or, or maybe not overreaction, perhaps that's not the best term, but uh, sometimes there has been uh, uh, the movement, you know, whether it's a numbers-based thing or, or if it's just not a good spot for the Packers, whatever it may be that's driving people to bet against Aaron Rodgers. Those people have been losing money a lot more than they've been winning it when that, that number ticks down uh, against the Packers. So if you like Green Bay, I think – I definitely don't think you're going to get south of 6.5. I think this number probably sits at 6.5. Maybe we see enough game day money on the Packers because we know that the public normally waits until the weekend to place their bets. Maybe we see enough money push this back to 7 when it closes. But I really wouldn't worry that much about it because, like you said, I think Green Bay rolls here – this is just not a good Rams spot. They are in, you know, another road game. They had to go to Seattle, and now they're going to another time zone in, uh, you know, Green Bay. And John Wolford already got ruled out. That's not a big surprise. It's going to be another Jared Goff game. But, you know, last week, watching that game, Jared Goff was not asked to do, to do much at all. And it was a Rams team that to its credit, just really dominated the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball, which is always going to kind of give you a very good chance of winning the game, regardless of who your quarterback is. And we saw the Rams really wreak havoc for Russell Wilson defensively most of the game. And then offensively, they were running the ball. Cam Akers, 131 rushing yards and a score. I just have very, I'm very hesitant, even though Green Bay has been bad defending the run. So I think the Rams probably want to try and go with a similar game plan here. I'm very hesitant that they can execute it the same way. Jared Goff was 9 for 19 last year, and or excuse me, last week, 9 for 19 throwing the ball. And remember, the Rams got a very early defensive touchdown in that game, which I think really changed things and allowed them to relax play with the lead, get after Russell Wilson, run the football on offense. And they never really had a lot to worry about for that reason because Seattle didn't have it. I mean, it was just not a good game from the pack from the Seahawks either. So now when we look at this game, I just have a hard time thinking that Green Bay is going to be as bad as Seattle was last week offensively. Aaron Donald is banged up too. It's Matt LaFleur who has certainly proven – to be an and you know an impressive offensive mind in his second season with the Packers. It's Matt LaFleur and Aaron Rodgers with extra time to prepare. 
We saw them, you know, people talking about weather here. That's another reason that I think I got to like the Packers. We saw them in a snow game against the Titans on Sunday Night Football not that long ago, put up a ton of points. I mentioned Donald banged up on offense. Cooper Cup is dinged up. And it's a small sample size, but Jared Goff in sub-freezing temperatures, I looked this up, 0-2 straight up and against the spread, zero touchdown passes and five interceptions. He's a California guy. Jared Goff himself is not 100%. It's a West Coast team going into the frozen tundra of Lambeau Field. With the Packers off a bye, I think, again, going to sound square, but I think the Packers roll here. So I'm going to lay the points. I completely agree. I'm doing the same. Aaron Rodgers is just so dominant at home. It's really tough to bet against him. He's 61-35-4 against the spread at home. And then he's especially strong off a bye. If you look at his stats off the bye, he's 10-5-1 against the spread with 12 to 15 days to prepare. Just the extra time to rest and prepare. This does a lot for a veteran Green Bay team. I just don't know how the Rams are going to move the ball. Goff, he's two weeks off thumb surgery on his throwing hand. Right. You have to think the cold weather, that's not going to be helpful for a guy who can't grip the ball. Like I said, Alex, like Goff literally had the perfect game script last week. Absolutely. Just running the ball. They run the ball well, and Green Bay isn't the best against the run. They ranked 12th in the regular season in rushing yards allowed. They allowed 112 yards per game. So I think the Rams can run the ball, move the ball that way, but I just don't see how Goff can throw the ball well. I was watching that game. I'm sure you were as well. He just didn't look sharp at all. He was missing really easy throws, and that was in easy conditions. Now you go to Green Bay in frigid conditions. How's he going to grip the ball? His, his thumb just had surgery. It's going to be freezing or about about freezing. How's he going to grip the ball and throw the ball? And then he might not have Cooper Cup. He didn't practice today as well. Looks like he's questionable with a knee injury. If he doesn't go, I mean, they're just going to they're going to have to run the ball. They're going to really have to rely on a defensive touchdown. I, I like the Packers here to cover pretty pretty easily. I think this is a double digit game. I also think the Packers team total over is a good look. The Rams have allowed 20 points or more in six straight road games. I think the Packers over 26.5 points. I think that's a good look. I think Ramsey, I mean, he's the best, he's the best cover corner in the NFL. He really shuts down every great wide receiver he goes against. So he's going to be straight up on Adams, I assume. But they have a lot of other weapons. They have a good running attack, Aaron Jones. I really like your tight end, Tanyan. And right. I like Stanley as well. Alex, like, if you're the Packers here, like, I understand that it is entirely possible that Ramsey gets the better of Devontae Adams on the outside. But we've seen Tanyan have a nice year. We've seen Aaron Jones run the ball well. I just think it's a Packer offense that is going to get the better, as good as that Ram defense has looked. I don't think that it's as simple as, well, Ramsey shuts down 
Adams and the whole offense, you know, goes to shit for the Packers. I don't see it that way. No, I don't either. I think the Rams will need a defensive touchdown or several turnovers, short fields to keep this within the number, which I don't think they'll be able to do. Also, I'm looking at a player prop. Like I was saying, I think Ramsey is going to be playing Adams very tight. He might he might shut him down. He very well could. So I'm looking to Valdez Scantling. I'm seeing over 23.5 receiving yards at minus 114. He's been over this total in nine of the 14 games he played. So I think that's a good look as well if you think that Ramsey can shut down Adams. He's obviously going to have to look to other weapons. I think Scantling can cover this with one reception. He, he's really a deep threat, and they, they seem to air it right. out to him often. So, yeah, I think that's a good look as well. Well, and I think that probably correlates to what you're saying about the Green Bay team total over. And I certainly agree as far as the teaser leg, which you discussed before we hopped on. I think if you want to – you know, if you want to take advantage of that, you know, hook move to from seven to six and a half and, and a six pointer, get Green Bay at minus the hook just to win the game. I I think you, you're making a lot of sense, and so uh, yeah, I, think I don't think uh, I could pair it with. An, there wasn't, I, I you know, we'll get more into these other games. I I didn't love another leg enough. So I'm not going to be playing a teaser. I'm just going to lay the points here with the Packers, but I'm not going to shy anyone away from using the Packers in a teaser. I think it's a great teaser spot. But like you said, it's it's a little tougher to find that second leg. I think the Chiefs at minus four could be that leg, but four being still off the, above the three. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It's It's not that enticing. So let's talk a little bit, I will say, I do think one of the interesting teaser legs comes in this second game. I will not be playing it, though. It's the Baltimore Ravens traveling north to western New York to take on the Buffalo Bills. We're seeing Baltimore as a two-and-a-half-point road underdog and a total in this game of 49-and-a-half. And I do think that if you wanted to tease the Baltimore side up through three and seven and get them to eight-and-a-half, I'm going to have a hard time arguing with you there. My one cause for pause why I will not do it and play a Packers Ravens teaser is because in a game with the Baltimore excuse me the Buffalo Bills we've seen Buffalo time and time again score 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 and I know that there's a lot of talk speaking of weather there's a lot of talk about some weather concerns in western New York on Saturday night having said that I think if you have an offense as explosive as Buffalo's and as I look at the forecast now uh, by kickoff on Saturday, which is, I think, 8.20 Eastern time, only a 32% chance of precipitation. It does look like it's going to drop below freezing, but still temperatures in the 30s. I don't think the weather is going to be as big of a concern as it's been brought up to be this week in Buffalo. And so I, I think what I'm getting at here is when you have an offense like Buffalo that has just been a juggernaut, I'd be hesitant on the, enough to not use Baltimore in a teaser because if you have a team like Buffalo that can score so much, then the points become less valuable when you're talking about teasing the Ravens all the way up to 8.5. So, again, I think um, you know, if you wanted to use the Ravens in a teaser leg, I think there's a, a great argument there. I, I, I'm going to look to the Ravens a different way here, and I'm going to probably play their team total over – 
I'm seeing a juice 23 and a half right now. So my book has not hung a team total yet. Uh, it looks like I might end up 24, 24 and a half. But the reason I like this is because Buffalo's defense really hasn't figured it out all season, right? And for a Buffalo team that hired a defensive-minded head coach in Sean McDermott, and just a year ago, you know, we always looked at Buffalo and they made the playoffs as a wild card last year in the AFC East. We looked at them as a team that really was buttoned up and figured it out on defense, and Josh Allen just had to put it all together and be more consistent. And obviously in that playoff game against Houston, you know, it looked like they were going to take it, and then Allen let them down in the fourth quarter. Now this year, Allen has been lights out all season, and the defense has been a little spotty. And that's why I think going over the Baltimore team total is the move here. Indianapolis scored 23, or excuse me, scored 24 points last week in Buffalo, and they couldn't even get their running game, at least their bell cow back. Jonathan Taylor only went 21 for 78 and a score. Naheem Hines did rip off some chunk gains, and they were able to still have a productive day as far as the team rushing, rushing totals were concerned. But Buffalo gave up 300-plus passing yards and two touchdowns to Phillip Rivers in what might be Rivers' last game in his career. So, you know, I know that Lamar was, didn't have an explosive passing day last week against Tennessee, but they were able to hit some chunk gains on the ground, and Baltimore was able to score 20. I realize 20 against to the Tennessee defense probably doesn't sound that impressive, but... Buffalo was outgained last week. Buffalo gave up 472 total yards to an Indianapolis offense that I just don't think is as good as the Baltimore offense, at least the Baltimore offense that we've seen the last, say, six weeks or so. You know, obviously Baltimore hung a bunch of points in that Monday night game against Cleveland, one of the better games of the NFL season. I think Baltimore is really clicking on all cylinders here. I'd be hesitant to take the Buffalo side uh, and rather than play Buffalo, Baltimore plus the points uh, because of the hesitancy to take Baltimore, as I mentioned, with that explosive Buffalo offense. I think I like the Ravens team total over is how I'm going to play this game. I don't have much here. I don't have a play yet, but I do lean the Bills. I really like what they're doing on offense. I, I love what Allen's doing, and he's really good against the Blitz, and the Ravens Blitz – more than any team in the league. Allen, he's one of the best quarterbacks under pressure. He has 19 touchdowns against the Blitz, which is the highest in the league. I was really impressed with what he did against the Colts defense, especially in the first half. You saw him go down and get a touchdown there at the end of the first half. And this Ravens defense is is solid. I really like their secondary, which makes me hesitant on the Bills. I'll just lean the Bills simply due to Allen's strong play. I I think Lamar Jackson rushing yards is a better look. I think that's okay. probably going to be a play sure. for me. Uh, I'm seeing over 77.5 rushing yards. That's juiced to minus 140. He's gone over that total six of his 15 games in the regular season. And we saw him, he, he had 136 last week. And the Bills gave up 163 yards on the ground last week against the Colts. I was looking at the the weather. You said there's not going to be a, any snow. I, 
I like when there is because people generally bet the under, and right. I feel like the snow is more detrimental to the defense than it really is to the offense. The defense has to react. The offense already knows. Yeah, gosh, it feels going. weird looking at a Bills total sub-50. Yeah, I I was leaning the over. I'm I'm hoping that ticks down a little, maybe before kickoff. I think that might be my angle. And also, yeah, Lamar Jackson over rushing yards. I think he's going to be running a lot. The passing game leaves a lot to be desired. And the Bills have been stronger on defense up until last week. They they looked terrible. But that was also – that was Phillip Rivers' one of his best games of his, of his career. He has 300-plus <laughs> yards. You think he's passing. done? Uh, I can't imagine anyone else wanting him unless the <laughs> Patriots don't get anything. And imagine Philip Rivers and Bill Belichick. Could, wow, I didn't even think of that one. I, I wouldn't hate it. As much as I dislike Rivers, I, I kind of see that being a good fit. Yeah, well, I, I think Rivers could be done. Yeah, I mean, it, it feels like the end of the line for uh Philip Rivers, but hey, uh, certainly a good career, and and hey, he kept it close. That's why I'm I'm hesitant to really play a side here because I do think yeah, uh, Baltimore well. could be live in this spot. Uh, but again, twenty three and a half, twenty four on that Ravens team total. That's probably uh, the way I'm going to look. You said you're probably going to land on the Bills, or you might stay away altogether. I mean, I can't I can't stay away at, at the. <laughs> It's the alone, NFL playoffs. Alone NFL game. Yeah, I'll, I'll probably get Seven them. more games? Yeah, you kind of have to play them all, right? <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll get more to that in a minute uh, when we get into the NFC game on Sunday because I'm hesitant there. But, uh, yeah, it sounds like – and, hey, the prop market always gives you plenty of options, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Look to maybe Josh Allen uh, – passing touchdowns as well. I, I think this could end up being a shootout. Let's take a break, and we'll go to the Sunday games on the other side on Full Slate. Hey, everyone. I want to tell you about Blue Wire Hustle, a brand-new program where you can host your very own podcast here at Blue Wire. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level, or if you want to host a podcast and just don't know where to start, Hustle is the perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive personal cover art, Q&As with our very own top podcasters at Blue Wire, access to our community Discord, and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. And on top of that, we'll help you get your show pushed out to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and other listening platforms. And the best part is you can get all of this for only $15 a month. That's the same rate as any other hosting site would charge you just for the initial setup. So whether you're starting from scratch or have an existing show that you want to grow, Hustle is an open door to leveling up your sports experience. Acceptance into the program is limited, so get your application in today. To apply, go to bwhustle.com slash join. Check out the description box for this episode to find out more. That's bwhustle.com slash join. 
And we're back here on Full Slate, a Blue Wire gambling podcast. My name is Greg Frank. You can find me and all of my gambling picks on Twitter at Undercover Greg. Joined by our NFL co-host, podcast producer, Jack of All Trades, Alex Uplinger. Find him at Alex underscore up seven. And managing our podcast Twitter at full underscore slate underscore pod. Talked about the two games on Saturday. Let's get into the two games on Sunday in the weekend rotation. And we're going to Kansas City, where the defending Super Bowl champion Kansas City Chiefs are a hefty 10-point favorite at Arrowhead Stadium, a total of 57.5 in this game on Sunday afternoon, a 3 o'clock Eastern start. I like this 3 and 640 that they're doing on Sunday for the divisional weekend, uh, like they always do for Championship Sunday, um, which we'll have next weekend. I just like the later games on Sunday. Uh, but anyway, the Chiefs are a 10-point favorite. And obviously, we have seen them struggle mightily in these spots as big favorites uh, the last, really, two months. They have struggled to cover numbers. Um, having said that, I think that this could be a spot where, you know, they, they're they off a bye. Andy Reid has just been absolute money coming off of a bye. Um, the exact numbers, 24-5, and five, his last 29 straight up, 20-9 and nine against the spread. So I really struggle with this number because I think you can definitely talk me into Kansas City, uh, you know, kind of like the alarm clock going off, if you will, where it's like, all right, you know, they've kind of been sleepwalking through these games. You know, Atlanta, Week 16, you know, gives them a game, and they got all the guys out there to clinch the one seed. Uh, you know, even going back to the Raiders game, coming out of their regular season by, they did not cover that one in Vegas, like, it's just been a weird stretch for Kansas City where they've been winning these games but not covering. And I think it's 80% of the time the winner of the game in the NFL covers the spread. Either the dog wins outright or the favorite covers. So the Kansas City's run of winning straight up and not covering going on and on has been really a surprise. And that's why part of me thinks that this could be a spot where they just completely wake up and, you know, Know, win the game like 50 to 24 or something but I think the more exploitable area here for me is to go over the total even though this is such a high total at 57 and a half I'm still going to play it over Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes coming off of buys including the playoffs here are the points that they've scored in those games 40 31 40 51 35 and 31. So I don't see any reason why they can't score, say, 35 here, at, at least. I mean, the team total for the Chiefs is outrageous. It's 33 and a half. So rather than go over for the Chiefs team total, I think I'm just going to go over for the game because, as I said, Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, extra time to prepare. They should have some wrinkles. They should be able to score quickly against a Brown secondary that is exploitable, and we saw the Pittsburgh Steelers try and battle back, basically having to throw the whole way there on Sunday Night Football. And hey, remember, the Steelers, the whole first half of the year, 
the whole world was talking about how great that Steelers defense was, and yet the Kansas or the Cleveland Browns just went in there and hung forty eight points on them. So, you know, Kevin Stefanski back, offensive minded head coach, Nick Chubb, you know, Kareem Hunt. I think Cleveland should be able to have success on the ground here. I know it's a high total, but I think both teams could get over 30 here. That's why I'm hesitant to play the side, but I like the over. That's where I'm going in the third game of Divisional Weekend, over 57.5 for me. I have to defend my Steelers here a little bit. Just <laughs> Four interceptions. Yeah, that's true. And, and so giving them a short field. They had a couple of great drives, a couple of 80-yard-plus drives, but also the Steelers gave them a touchdown. I, I'm not knocking the total. I think I would have to go over here, if anything, because the Chiefs' defense, they can be exploited on the ground, and that's what Cleveland does best. The Chiefs rank. 19th in the regular season, 122.1 yards on the ground per game. But I'm going to go the Chiefs minus 10. I think the Browns are going to be one of the more public dogs of the week, so I'd just like to go against that. I'm seeing 54% of bets are coming in on the Browns. Which is a little surprising. You did just because of the big number in a playoff game, or do you think people yeah, are I actually think... in aware of Kansas City's struggles against the spread? That's a good question. I I think it's a little bit of both. I'm I'm not exactly sure if if the public knows how bad the Chiefs were against the spread down the stretch. They were oh seven and one against the spread in that's their last crazy. eight. Yeah, that's and hard their to straight up record there was probably what seven and one. Yeah, in those seven, games? yeah, they were seven and one. And then week seventeen, obviously they they didn't play their starters, so that was a given loss straight up and against the spread. But still, they they keep teams in these games. They always seem to hang around. But like you were saying, that Browns secondary is so bad. Granted, they're going to get Denzel Ward and. Kevin Johnson back, two corners that were out last week. So that might help mitigate a little bit. But Steelers did throw for 500 yards and four passing touchdowns. That was in a desperation game. But I think the Chiefs will probably want to run it up here. I really like them at minus 10. They really can't exploit this secondary. The Chiefs ranked first. In average passing yards per game, they had 303.4 passing yards per game. And then they're also third in the league in average points per game. They averaged 29.6 per game. I really think they'll just go off here. I think the enemy is going to want to show out a little, put up some points. You know, he's coaching for a head a coach job. position. Yeah, that's yeah, a good point. I, I, so I think he'll really want to pull out all the tricks. I think they'll want to beat the Browns pretty bad here. Yeah, I like them minus 10. But one thing that does lend to the Browns here is divisional round underdogs are 22-11-1 against the spread against number one seeds. I don't know if that's just maybe – Now, is that maybe like rust? I like – we both like the Packers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Is that maybe, maybe a little rust? Concerned? of 
Oh, maybe a little bit, but I just think the Chiefs are so dominant on offense. Can the Browns really keep up? I love their running game, and the Chiefs are exploitable on the ground. We've well, seen now, that. Like you said, like at a certain point, the Chiefs have to both win and cover, right? <laughs> right. Are they due? They haven't. They haven't covered in. Yeah. Feels like months. I mean, eight straight games. So that's eight weeks of not covering. And like I said, I mean, I definitely lean this way on the side because I'm with you in terms of Kansas City just, you know, busting out. I talked about it, how it just feels like it feels like it's like that bear that is just about to wake up from a big slumber, right? And, and, and <laughs> you know, and just completely exactly. break out and score 50, you know, that that seems like this is the spot for that for Kansas City. I just think at 10, I would rather uh, just go over the total because I do think it probably correlates. I mean, if you like Cleveland, you have to think that they're – not that they couldn't rip off some chunk gains on the ground, but they're definitely going to want to try and keep 15 for Kansas City on the sideline and and, and pound the rock. And so I, I think this probably correlates. I mean, if you like Cleveland, do you really – now, they could cover and the game could go over – but I think the Browns have to want to try and limit possessions here, which would mean if you like them, you probably have to like it under. Yeah, I was going to say, if you like Cleveland, I think you like the game under. But, yeah, I'm liking the Chiefs. I'm going to lay the points. I think also a good play is to look at Travis Kelsey receiving yards over. I'm seeing 89.5 at minus 114. Yeah, do you like that more than Tyreek against the? I mean, I guess with the secondary guys back. Yeah, but. yeah, I think I think Kelsey's more the go-to guy. He he averages ninety-four point four receiving yards per game, so that would go over eighty-nine point five. He's done. He's covered that number eight of fifteen games. It's he averages seven receptions for per game. I think that he's just the bell cow. I think he is going to go to uh, – I think Mahomes will go to him early and often. I really like Travis Kelsey to have a big game here. I think the Chiefs can roll, which would lend to the over. I think they could score a solid 40 themselves. But can the Browns hold up their end? I, I'm not quite sure about that. Their rushing game is really strong. I don't quite have much faith in Baker Mayfield yet, but – Maybe this gets out of hand, and then the Chiefs go into prevent and allow some touchdowns there. Sure. Yeah, I can see it going over. I'm I'm more confident in the Chiefs to cover the spread. I think they could blow them out. Let's wrap things up in the Big Easy, where we have a divisional matchup in the divisional round, and it is the New Orleans Saints, a three-point home favorite against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Total in this game of 52 uh, and Alex, I, I'll be honest, to start the week, I thought when these numbers opened, you know, I, I thought maybe Tampa, but then as the week has gone on, it just felt like square dog, square dog, square dog, three times, you can't beat somebody three times in a year, you know, you hear that adage a lot, because obviously this stuff only happens when divisional teams play in the playoffs, um, and I don't know, I, I just, I, I, I'm kind of selling that narrative more as the week goes on because then you'll look back at the two times these teams played and New Orleans just obliterated them. And so, 
you know, I think we like to talk ourselves into the three times, you know, you can't beat them three times narrative because we think of divisional games as always close, dogfights, you know, physical, teams know each other, so you kind of have a good feel for what the other team's going to do, and if the talent is similar, then you expect, uh, you know, the, the just being in the know to kind of lend itself towards, you know, results to go back and forth. But, you know, New Orleans is getting healthy. Obviously, last week we saw Michael Thomas get in the end zone, and, you know, Alvin Kamara returned after missing the game against Carolina in Week 17 with COVID. You know, I feel like not many people are really talking about the Drew Brees send-off tour. I mean, you know, it's not really a big topic of conversation right now in the NFL, but it seems like this is it for him. I mean, it, it could it could very well be his last game in the Superdome. So, you know, as I said, I started the week thinking Tampa. Now I think New Orleans is probably the side – we talked about totals in the third time with the divisional games being good underplays, having discussed this with the Rams and the Seahawks last week, and, you know, we got boned there. I mean, that was just brutal with the defensive touchdown for the Rams in the first half, and DK Metcalf with a big touchdown, you know, a 40-yard grab or whatever. That was just a brutal scene in the, in the, in the second quarter after just three points in the first quarter, so... I mean, you could definitely sell me on this game going under on that premise alone, thinking, okay, well, New Orleans, especially in that second game down in Tampa, really embarrassed the Tampa Bay defense that we know needs to play well for the Bucks to have a chance here, right? Because the Bucks were not able to win shootouts against these teams. Lost to Kansas City, lost to the Rams, lost twice to New Orleans. They need that defense to play like it did. The one game that they did win against the contender in the regular season was a blowout against the Green Bay Packers. That's what the Bucks need, at least as far as the defensive performance, which you could sell me on the under more than the Tampa Bay side. But I haven't played much here. You've talked about some props. Maybe you could get me on a prop. You know, I'm sure I'll end up on something because, as you said, it's hard to sit out any NFL playoff game. <laughs> yeah, it is tough. I agree. I'm going to ultimately play the Saints, and I was also looking at the under, but I'm gonna I'm playing the Saints for sure, and I'm looking strongly at the under. I really like this Saints defense. Granted, they played Chicago last week. That drop by Mims in the end zone that really flipped the script. That changed the game completely. But for sure. Saints are still they're, they're fifth in. Average passing yards allowed per game. And then they're third in rushing yards allowed per game. They only give up 91.2 yards on the ground per game. And the Bucks are actually first in the NFL in average rushing yards per game. They allow 80.9. So maybe they'll stifle the ground game a bit, which makes me concerned. They the Bucks just didn't look that great on defense last week, but that was also against a very mobile quarterback. Surprisingly, Taylor fucking Heineke, Old Dominion's finest. <laughs> I mean, he had a hell of a game. He just he just bought himself an NFL contract off that game alone. We're going to see him in the NFL next year just off that game. <laughs> but these teams don't give up that many points. The Saints – 
only give up 20.4 points per game in the regular season. The Bucks only gave up 22.2 points per game. I think this is a good underspot. These older quarterbacks, great defenses. I think the Bucks will. Speaking of older play. quarterbacks, did you hear the stuff this week? This game's at 640 uh, Eastern time. Like, Brady literally said he goes to sleep at 8 o'clock. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, I have seen that. That's why I was surprised that he was so energized last week against Washington. Maybe maybe that bulletin board material was actually true. Chase Young <laughs> called him out a little. I don't even know if the I don't even know if Washington sacked him once last week. It didn't seem like they got much pressure at all. Right. Yeah, yeah so Chase that, Young was running his mouth. I don't think he really even had a QB hurry. No, he didn't seem to do much at all, which was very surprising. I think if he did, then Washington could have been in that game and won that game. They, I was going to say they were in the game. Won that game. Yeah, they were in the game, and, as in yeah. covering the game. But covering, yeah. yeah, they didn't They didn't really have a chance to win the game. Brady looked really sharp. All the weapons were really clicking. He saw Mike Evans went over 100 yards despite having that. Yeah, so I guess he's okay. Injury. Yeah, he looks he looks to be fine. I'm, I'm kind of surprised. It looked brutal on on film when you watch it. He really looked really hurt. But yeah, I like I like this under the total. I like the the Saints to come out here and cover the spread. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna play the. Saints minus three, it looks like now. Yeah, I got minus three, and then I took under 52 as well. Yeah, I, no, I definitely lean both ways there as far as the side and the total. Saints and under would probably be how I would have to look here. Um, and, you know, hey, maybe maybe we don't get an upset this week. Maybe, and, and you know what, if we had the Saints going to Green Bay and the Buffalo Bills going to Kansas City, I don't think anybody's complaining about that for Championship Sunday, right? No, those look like two very exciting games. I yeah, I just I wonder about Brady in this spot. What do you think? It, it's a yeah, really I mean, tough gosh, Saints defense. I know it. I know it was the Bears last week, but that Saints defense, like like you just said, like looks so good. And, and they've already kind of eaten up Brady pretty good the two times they played him. That's why like the three times thing, like. I think you can sell me on that if the games were close, but the Saints' defense has really made Brady look bad. No, yeah, I think that three-time spot is really overrated. I would take all these games individually. I mean, yeah, like you're saying, if it was closer, but 38-3, to they scored three points? I mean, Alex, it kind of just feels, and again, I mentioned the games that Tampa Bay played against New Orleans and Kansas City and the Rams, like, I feel like in the playoffs, we get these teams where it's like, okay, you can get to the playoffs based on beating the inferior opponents that you eventually will play in the regular season. And Tampa went, I think, what, 7-9 and nine or 7-8-1, and one, whatever it was. They were in the you know, third-place schedule or, or second-place. You know, they didn't win the division in the NFC South last year. So, obviously, the schedule was kind of soft. They played the AFC West, which... Outside of the Chiefs, you know, they got they had a win against the Raiders that they comfortably glided in and a win against the Chargers, which they had to come from behind in, and an easy win against the Broncos without Drew Locke. Like, it just felt like this season for Tampa was, all right, 
you know, Brady, and let's give him credit, he still looks like he's got something left in the tank, at least enough to get to this point where he's at the divisional weekend. But every time Tampa had to step up in competition, they were outclassed. And Tyreek Hill is dropping like 200 yards, you know, in like the first half or whatever it was against them. So it just feels like Tampa is that team where it's like they can get here based on beating sub-500 teams, who ironically, they played another sub-500 team in their first playoff game. But now you're asking them again to step up in competition. I just don't think it adds up. So I'd lean Saints. No, I agree. That game in primetime was shocking where the Saints just blew them out. I think it was in Tampa. Yeah, it was in Tampa, and it was 38-3. to You can't even score a touchdown in an absolute blowout in garbage time. Yeah. The Saints score 38, and the game still stays under, too, so that also makes me like the under. Right. Yeah, I love the under here, and I like the Saints, too. I think they win comfortably in cover. Well, I'll probably be on at least one of those plays, side or total, and who knows, maybe I end up on both, despite saying I don't have a strong lean here. <laughs> Love a good consensus play. Alex, enjoy your weekend. Any plans? What are we doing? You, how's the dry January coming along? Uh, yeah, I failed I failed dry January last week, so <laughs> we're, uh, we're full steam ahead. We're going to be drinking some newer lights, and hopefully eating some wings here on a Sunday, three-day weekend. So hopefully that's everyone right. enjoys yeah, that. Days on Monday. I forgot about that. Yeah, and that's also a great great NBA spot. As much as I dislike right. the NBA, that's a – always... The Grizzlies always have their 2 p.m. game or whatever. Yeah, I love that. There's always some midday action, assuming COVID doesn't interfere. I know – my Wizards haven't been practicing or playing. They have COVID scare right now, but we'll see what comes of that NBA You're slate. Trade, trade, yeah. Send Bradley Beal up by 95. Send him to uh, Philly. That, that's probably the only player they can't trade. If you want <laughs> if you want Westbrook for Simmons, we're all for that. <laughs> Gosh. Yeah. <laughs> well, God, I mean, sure. oh, that was so annoying yesterday watching Harden go to Brooklyn. Oh, my God. But also, you see that video of him the other day. He looks kind of fat. Kind of. <laughs> he looks he looks large. He definitely he looks fat. He looks Talk about enjoying some beer and wings. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm he sure might have had more than that. <laughs> a lot of barbecue in Texas, so I'm sure I, he was I enjoying suppose, that. You know, yeah, that's, I love barbecue, too. I've never been down to Texas. Oh, yeah. Uh, I talked about Memphis. To, uh, they have amazing barbecue, I hear. Oh, yeah. I went to Austin, oh. Texas one time, and that was the best barbecue I ever had in my wow. life. I, granted, we went. brisket, pork, a little bit of everything? Uh, everything. Everything. It was literally a, a two-hour wait, but you Worth could it? buy beer, and you could drink beer in line while waiting for the barbecue. <laughs> so that that makes it all better. Now it's always fun. Let's enjoy our weekend and catch some tickets. Yeah, best of luck, buddy. There he is, Alex Uplinger, our co-host here on the Football Pods. At Alex underscore up seven and at full underscore slate pod. He manages our podcast Twitter. My name is Greg Frank. Follow me for all of my picks at Undercover Greg. This has been Full Slate. 
of Blue Wire Gambling Podcast. Enjoy the divisional weekend. We just got seven more NFL games this year, and we'll be down to championship Sunday. Four teams left standing come Sunday evening. This has been Full Slate, as I said, a Blue Wire Gambling Podcast. Everyone enjoy your weekends, and of course, please play responsibly.